actually. Haven't eaten 15 hours. I got my coffee. <laughs> Let's do a podcast. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, it's Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Uh, welcome back for another another hang. I we it's 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 been long enough now that I've I, I have the podcast equivalent of like not knowing what day of the week it is. <laughs> I don't remember what we have talked what, what where in the schedule this is going to come out. But we've got quite a few episodes for people to enjoy. Well, we had to we had to juggle up our our workflow a bit because of your wedding. That's a great point. We had to take a little feel, a little break. Does it feel different to podcast as a married man? <laughs> uh, it does because I have a thing on my finger that I can't stop fidgeting with. It doesn't make a clinky <laughs> noise. When you bang it on the desk. Uh, it clinks against everything, which then horrifies me that I'm going to ruin it. So, uh, but it's very very pretty. <laughs> Why so, to silicone? <laughs> really enjoy having it on. Uh, okay, so we decided for this one that we're finally just gonna like <clears throat> the third artificial intelligence episode has been become a thing that is hanging over us because we really do want to talk about it. <laughs> just we keep like the Slack channel that we have for this, I was just trying to go through it beforehand to be like, oh, oh here's some links I should refer to. There's like 80 fucking posts in there. I can't, that's just the links. Then there's conversation after each link went out. Like We've overprepared. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've been reading so much about, about this in preparation for this episode. <laughs> and I've just been so popular recently in the news that uh, it all seems... I think we got to the point where I like got bored with it <laughs> and I was like, wait, we, what we don't have anything left to talk about in episode three, but in reality, we've just been talking about it for months since we did those episodes, which was episodes 27 and 29 parts one and two of a three part series on artificial intelligence. Something like that. Uh, check them out if you want to know some other pieces and Hey, thanks as always to our backers on Patreon who uh, throw us as little as a buck an episode to help keep this thing going. Uh, if you want to check that out, help us out. It's patreon.com slash pod. Really nice. Have you I, know, you can also throw us as much as millions of dollars. So yeah, don't go back. You can't. Well, no, I think <laughs> at that point you're, you have to be an accredited investor and the SEC will be concerned. Oh, 10,000. Maybe that's the annual gift you can give us. Something like that. Go for it. Don't hold back. Do it. <laughs> you won't be sorry <clears throat> okay so ai part three is this it is this terminators uh <laughs> we're gonna talk about terminators uh, i mean that's really all we've wanted to do right that has been sitting as its own episode for a long time episode but i think four we, we realized <laughs> this should just be terminators we've had this list as an episode since the very beginning of our podcast we wanted to do terminators because i think that's what everyone really wants isn't it isn't it terminators Arnold Schwarzenegger chasing you around, not chasing you around, protecting you, not protecting you, trying to kill you, trying to kill the other Terminators. Uh, California certainly wanted it enough <laughs> to elect him governor. Imagine if we had had four <laughs> governors from different time periods all working to our advantage all at once. That'd be amazing. One of them is evil, how, but you don't know which one. I don't know how the governor from the past would do. Is there a governor from the past? 
Uh, probably. Like if you pulled somebody out of the past to govern, right? Like 1980s, right? Because we're talking Term- Terminator past. 1985. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we had a movie star governor at that point, too. He, was it uh, Reagan governor of California? In 85? Before he was president? Maybe. I wasn't paying much attention to politics when I was four. Right. But I probably should have been lazy American. So I think the first thing is, well, what did we cover in parts one and two? Just quickly. Mm, good question. Uh, part one... We talked about all of the ways that humans have kind of used uh, technologies to sort of offload. Initially, it was our intelligence, right? We were kind of getting like, hey, is there stuff right now that's artificially intelligent? But we realized that really all the technologies we have right now, we've really just offloaded our memory. We like store information places. We write stuff down in books. We take pictures with our phones that are kind of like visual memory. We like store notes places. We record music. Like that's not, none of it's intelligent. It's just Well, we need to because our memory is shitty. Like human memory is notoriously faulty. It's certainly not, it certainly doesn't seem to be designed to specifically remember uh, like detailed facts. It seems to be very good at parsing something that it's captured and allowing you to do other things. And developing like psychological damage based on patterns. <laughs> it seems to be very good at online bullying. But And at being hurt by online bullying. <laughs> and at being being uh, uh hurt or pleased. Um it's not our our natural memory is not very good at storing facts like what color was the car that drove by in and the so of a robbery in, in the context of intelligence that that got us to the idea of okay one of the things that you would call that you would say that a person who's quote smart has is like factual recall like they know about things they have answers to trivia questions they have you know like jeopardy is a thing that's popular to watch and to be mm-hmm. good at um which incidentally, we have a computer that can beat all humans at Jeopardy. Bummer. Watson. <laughs> um, and it's interesting that we don't just watch those computers compete now because we don't care about them. We just want to watch watch the tiny pea brain humans compete. We do. We watch them back. compete all day to decide what content you should see. <laughs> when you point. pick Reddit over Facebook, you just you just awarded Reddit some points in the competition of the algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I have your attention. <laughs> but so, so we realized that the first piece you had to cover for intelligence, quote, intelligence, is this knowledge piece. And I think it's pretty hard to argue that we haven't fully offloaded knowledge about all manner of things. Right? We humans don't remember anything anymore. Beforehand, you just had to go through a search process just to find the name of a, a publication that you, uh, that you love. <laughs> like... I don't you remember. refer to constantly. You go, oh, I read a blog post that was on a thing. I'll send it to you later. <laughs> right. I mean, we search for everything. I, I can't tell you how many times in the last month I've had to know my wife's phone number. And I don't know it. She doesn't know mine. And people kept making fun of us. And both of us were like, why would we know each other's phone numbers? It's in this machine that I keep in my pocket. And it just has a picture of her. And I touch it. And it calls her for me. <laughs> so... 
<clears throat> I don't need to remember nine digits anymore. That's dumb. Do you know the IP address of your 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 email server? Like that no. doesn't. It dumb. doesn't keep your email from working. So nobody even thinks about IPs IP addresses existing. So I think in that first episode, we really we realized in that conversation that uh, what we struggled with was actually to to come up with what was intelligence because everything we we started chasing we did a whole segment called memory. like are you smarter than a something <laughs> that just didn't work so i cut it out oh you cut that out we should try that again is a dog smart is a something smart is it well dog the problem is we only get one we only get one layer deep every on everything is a snail smart well eh, in some ways <laughs> it's pretty uh, hard to define and that's important for this episode because you can't really talk about the technology uh, in a philosophical manner without trying to really define what intelligence is, which is kind of where we want to go with this one, I think. Well, the second episode... Good, I got ahead we, of myself. Thank you. We covered... <laughs> in the second episode, we talked about how uh, the popularity of video games... Well, computing... And then video games and the proliferation of computing has like, so the next piece past knowledge for if you think you're, you know, if, some, if you think someone's smart is a synthesis component. They're good at taking all the facts and then telling you a thing about what it means based on all this knowledge that they've sorted mm -hmm. through. And so it's, it's about figuring out what to do with all that data and we talked about how they've developed algorithms that essentially make it so that you can teach a computer the same way that organisms seem to learn, which is trial and error, essentially, and reinforcement based on that trial and error. And then we talked about how, because of video games, the technology that you need to do that kind of computation on a massive scale has proliferated wildly. There are graphics processing units everywhere, and now they're working on specific chips just for AI that are based on an even more optimized way of doing that processing, and they're just starting to put them in phones. Like your next iPhone is going to have an AI chip in it. A specific processor just for doing machine learning and artificial intelligence type. So we talked about how the mechanism has grown and proliferated for synthesizing that data which means the third part now really is the conversation so if we have a, an algorithm that's learning through through reinforcement learning the same way that we do over a period of time to be better <laughs> at whatever we we told it to be better at there's no reason to think it's not gonna at some point surpass what we have been able to understand and synthesize and process and do and whatever with the world or the information in the world or like whatever however you want to talk about it well this is where it gets <clears throat> so interesting this is where artificial intelligence gets so interesting and so paradoxical because 
we we spent these first couple episodes talking essentially about technology as we do and how it's been used to kind of augment us as humans augment our intellect or our minds or our spirits or whatever you want to call whatever we are and now having walked through all that you get to the point where you're like well we're either building rebuilding our intelligence and consciousness in this like very clear kind of linear way where it's understandable and and clearly just like an algorithm or we're some sort of special thing that we still don't understand and we're not anywhere near ever doing that. And so we have to face the question right now of are we are have we actually figured out how to build a brain out of silicon, out of out of computer chips, out of iPhones? Um and if we have, it makes us not special anymore, which is a weird conversation to be having about yourself. Well, because imagine that organism if you're talking about what the amount of silicone it's taken to rebuild a brain, like you have to look at the whole thing as this decentralized, like the internet is just a big brain. And you're immediately then you're kind of in this like Marvel comics territory with, you know, <laughs> there's a character. Oh, I can't remember who he is, but he's going to be in one of the movies soon. It's just the, it's the planet that I oh, should look yeah. it up. Gargantuan. Um, mm. He's the planet eater. Planet Eater, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know the name e- either. Ego. Ego the Planet Eater. Galactus. That's what Galactus. it is. That's a good name for some <laughs> of the eight planets. Galactic is, Galactus is just a sentient planet with a face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing totally the wrong character. Uh, Galactus. Does he actually eat the planets? Ego the Living Planet. I don't remember. A strange outfit he's wearing. I didn't, I didn't really read a lot of those from back in the day. Anyway, so the silicone brain, right? So, 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 the Terminator question comes from a really interesting place, which is I, it, the if the Terminators aren't trying to kill me, I don't mind that they exist. It's not robots that we have a problem with. <laughs> It's robots that want to kill us that we have a problem with. You, he, Sarah Connor doesn't need protection if the other robot doesn't want to kill her. <laughs> well, we run into immediately facing our own fears and a reflection of our own problems in society. There are people that don't like each other and try to kill each other. And so if you're going to create an entirely new race of creature... You got to worry about them killing you because we've just killed all the other ones. Well, ev- everything like you, you said that that article, there's a quote from that article. Uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but it oh, essentially yeah. stood for everything that has ever existed has gone extinct. <laughs> yeah, it's similar to the it's similar to the comment that everything that has ever lived has died. Uh, but it's more profound because it's to the next level. It's like every species on Earth that has ever existed, except for the ones that are alive right this second, they've all gone extinct. The dinosaurs all went extinct or like became something new. And so we're we're at this point now looking at ourselves, humans, where not only are we looking at like other existential crises where we could be destroying ourselves, but we could be turning into something new. And if we don't, we're going to go extinct. It's just proven throughout history. 
And not so, existential like, oh, I don't know what my life stands for. <laughs> existential like, global warming might ruin the planet. Right. And then you won't have water left to drink because we fucked it up. Your extinction. The log of extinction. Uh-huh. The balance beam. Right. <laughs> so, so then we're looking at, I guess here's the thing with the conversation about artificial intelligence, right? So we, we talked about how that hardware works, how all that stuff is networked. In other episodes, we've talked about decentralization. Like there's all kinds of things at play at once. And a lot of what they fix is, they're sort of, they're persistence problems. They're data persistence problems. Like we're offloading all of these memories we're not just offloading them. We're offloading them into a place where they're stored. And then there's weird questions about like, well, what do you do with this person's Facebook page after they've died? Mm -hmm. Right? Like if you leave it there, whatever was recorded on that Facebook page is memorialized in this, in this sense, right? Their, Their memories are kind of immortal now in a way. Right. And certainly with higher fidelity than I remember Achilles, but I do. And I mean, so, former cultures believed that you lived forever if you were remembered. And you kind of do, right? I mean, it, it becomes... I mean, this, this episode really culminates with all the big questions. Right. <laughs> forcing forced to look at what our own uh, intelligence is, is really just forced to look at what what we are. Like, what is the world? What is our perception? Um. And so, we do seem pretty special because it's taken as much work and silicone and networking and blah, blah, blah to start to build computers that can at least appear to do things that we do that we consider to be cognitive tasks, playing chess, playing Jeopardy, like like exercises in intelligence. So it is special in the sense that we continue to find that the human brain is actually a piece of this that needs to happen, right? Like Reddit does really well in the news, but there's still this overtly human component of people vote things up and down yeah, and, then talk and about take them. part in communication. And that drives what surfaces for other people to see and take part in. Yeah, it's interesting. The humans create the information there. They then share, they like have these thoughts. They then create the memories. They create these articles or posts or pictures ever, share them publicly. And then it's it's kind of like a shared public manipulation of memory, right? It's discourse over what the information is that was just presented to you. It's sort of like a reaction. How did your processor react to this article? And then, and then, uh, grading and judging each other's perspectives it's like well this group all liked this thought that some one member of the node had it's it's a strange interaction that is is uh very much a hive mind i mean people refer to the internet uh they make that comment because people joke about uh, like echo chambers and following particular modes of thought on the internet that you get stuck in with these little niches but uh, it is just this giant shared memory bank that we're all feeding off of and furiously feeding off of it too. Right. How, how much are you glued to your phone? I mean, I was out, I had lunch with friends the other day who had a basically newborn baby. I think it was like six weeks old. And every time a phone came out, it was instantly attached to it and was like squirming to try to get its eyes on it. And that's not, I don't think that's, 
it's not a nurture problem. I think a lot of people might respond to the comment you just made about the baby by saying, well, that's a poorly trained baby. Like, <laughs> they're raising their child poorly. And it's like, no, it, there's something compelling about these screens yeah. and the connection that they give you to whatever it is, stories, characters, people you know, flashing lights in the case right. of a baby. It's a thing that you crave once you experience it. So there is a question about like what's healthy and what you should do with your kid and whatever, but... That's not, I think, as important as the fact that that impulse happens, whether you, like they say, don't let your kid use screens. It's because those screens are, it's all, it's over (laughs) as soon as your kid is hooked on the screens, right? Like he's part of the, he or she is part of the Borg. Totally. And so you have to look at the power of that, that connection. And the fact that you even say hive is funny because- like what what's a hive of bees a hive of ants like it's a word that we apply to something else but it comes from an occurrence in nature which is a whole bunch of bees realized that if they all <laughs> think alike they can survive better than just on their own because their tiny brains aren't aren't you know like they they're not advanced enough and we tend to call that advancement consciousness, but we don't think of a beehive as conscious, although the aggregate of computing power there, it is certainly <laughs> reacting to the world around it. Well, that's in a conscious way. That's where you have to go to start to analyze uh, consciousness and intelligence, right? You've got to just look at the other creatures in nature. And this is this is where I always get hung up is... How can you possibly think that there's a difference between a plant growing towards the sunshine and us going out and finding berries? It's like it's the same fucking thing. The plant just has a little less to do. The plant actually is smarter. It just gets to hang out in the woods, which is really peaceful and nice and just grow towards the sun. I would love to just go lay out in the sun all day. That sounds great. (laughs) But instead, I have to go forage for berries. But you're still just sort of going out in the world to find the thing that will sustain your proliferation, right? And so what's so interesting about AI, I think, is that it's possible because we have persistently built... Because as far as we can tell from nature, the best way to overcome this persistence hurdle is to connect consciousnesses at whatever level you're conscious, right? Like, forget an argument about what it is, but it's something that we have. And then on some level, other life forms have to a point that if they don't have enough of it, we just kind of don't treat them like they matter. (laughs) But like, but the way that they, there is a paradigm and a precedent for solving problems by connecting consciousness through a communication protocol, essentially which is what we're doing with the internet. But also, we're trying to replicate these other systems. And so you now have this question of, of the thing we call AI, which is, will it... it, it it's going to start persisting on its own, like a life form at some point. And you could argue that it, it kind of already has, just not in a point where we're going to interact with it in a weird way, where it does anything other than what we expect. And so then there's a question of, will it ever do 
anything other than exactly what we expect? <laughs> like, will it behave in a human-like way where you're like, oh, God, that was an accident. <laughs> uh, okay, well, just do it different next time. Oh, man. I didn't mean to kill all the humans. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I, just, well, I just meant to help them. <clears throat> well, so then you have it's weird questions about, like, does that mean build ethics into AI? Or is it a question beyond that, which is like, we won't even matter to AI because it'll be so much smarter, so much faster because of the way it's networked up. Is there a physical limitation? There's just not enough silicone to ever actually get to that point. Well, the, the thing we sort of got to in the first two episodes, we purposely were trying not to define intelligence and not get into the, the paradoxical aspect of this conversation. But this is it. This is this is the one to do that in. And it's tough because... Uh, I hope you, you haven't had... already gotten motion sickness from how much I feel like I'm all over the place. <laughs> uh, I have a little bit of it, but I think it's just because I was out late. <laughs> the, uh, the, the place that we started to touch in the first two episodes is really the, the, the idea that none of what we think we are or what we do exists outside of the construct of us thinking about it we're only smart because we we think we're smart because we we look at ourselves and and make this judgment that we're doing something that we are something and if you look at it from a how did we get here perspective like an evolution of creatures and then you look at those creatures we clearly just got here from a a uh, long string of occurrences of random things happening of random particles bumping into each other but that just can't possibly be the case because it doesn't feel that way um and so no idea where i'm going with this well there's both i mean it's it's sort of back to the same thing which is this struggle of it makes you feel good to feel special and we're treading on technology now that is going to kind of like it it simultaneously shows that it's it's it leaves open the possibility that we are but continues to creep on to the possibility that we're not as we teach it to do things well, like you know and, and i mean like do when i say do things i mean like mechanical things knowledge things like like really it's as we, what what i feel like we chased with the first 3 episodes was how we have progressively offloaded a subset of tasks to these devices so that to these tools essentially and we're starting to hit a point where they do it so effectively like you you mentioned do you want to explain the turing test this is it seems like a compelling place to explain so the turing test is a way to it's sort of like a, a theory on how do we tell when computers are as smart as people uh, and the test, it's very simple. You put a computer and a person behind a curtain, think Wizard of Oz, and then you bring another person in and have that person interact with those two entities, the person and the computer. And if if the third person, if that second person there can't tell the difference, can't tell if the computer's a computer or if the person's a person, then the computer's as smart as the person. I still didn't tell that very clearly. <laughs> yeah, but it it it's... The idea is, it's a test where if you... If you are able to fool whatever we have for sensory mechanism enough that you can't tell it's not a person giving you an answer 
to whatever. So I mean, think about That's computer true. questions, right? If I if I type a, a math equation into a calculator, it spits out a number. If I tell the math equation to someone who knows how to do that process and they tell me a number, I, okay, thanks. Moving on. Because I don't know how to do that thing to check it anyway. And so, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're talking about advanced calculus, the rest of the world is offloading that to mathematicians already. Right. And if you can't tell the difference between the mathematician and the calculator, then it seems like, in terms of intelligence, the AI has picked up everything that the mathematician has, except for this weird theoretical component where the person thinks to try weirder and weirder equations. But then they just plug it into Mathematica. Like, nobody's sitting there with graph paper and a slide rule anymore. Maybe they are. Do you know any mathematicians? If, if it can do a thing and you were behind a shade and you couldn't tell that a human didn't do it, now we're confronted with either the human ability to do that thing isn't special or we're special because we were able to offload that thing. <laughs> so you're either committing to cyborgs <laughs> or to Terminators. I feel like there's no way around one or the other. The Turing test is interesting because it hits that, that question of... Uh, what does it matter if you can't tell if it's human? I mean, take that a little further. If you're just having a conversation with a computer on a phone and you can't tell that it's a computer, then you may as well just be talking to a person. What's the difference, right? Now, imagine you give a robot body to it and it looks just like a person and it talks just like a person. Is it a person? Well, so this is this is what... It's funny that you you're inclined to go to this physical place with it, right? Which is a, a line of, of reasoning that comes up in philosophy frequently, which is like, am I my body or am I something that lives in my body? Right. Or, or am I something that floats above my body six inches and just follows me around and they're separable? Like, can you talk about me apart from my body, right? Like this idea of, could you upload your consciousness? Mm -hmm. We don't know. If you replicated every brain cell... It seems like maybe, but then what happens with the th the ethereal thing that is me? Like we don't, we don't really know. But my thing is, if you track the way that AI has behaved and you track the way that things in nature behave and that we have behaved in terms of building the internet, my thing is, why does, why do the Terminators need bodies, right? Like you're chasing the wrong line of thought if your if your thought is well they're going to build these robots and like maybe there are robots already because i want a thing to hand me a drink but like and maybe that thing turns evil because that's convenient for skynet but like wh why i don't know why we would ever get to that point well the terminators had bodies so that they could kill us and infiltrate right. the troops but, and the only reason you would need that <laughs> is for swift extermination but here's the thing <laughs> If you have solved the persistence problem that we talked about like 10 minutes ago, time is a completely different construct for you. And AI is not going to blow us up. They're going to wait for us to die. <laughs> They're just going to shut off the water and I mean, wait why for would an, six days and everyone will be dead. <laughs> why would an AI do anything? The, 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 the it becomes question... like a motivation question, which is really, really crazy. Right, which is a very important part 
of defining our own intelligence and consciousness is what is our motivation? Because our motivation seems to be what defines us as creatures and defines our intelligence. We think it's complicated in like day-to-day life. We're like, ooh, I'm, I've got a lot of things that motivate me. But at the core, you don't really. And we joke about it, but you're really just motivated to procreate. To do stuff that feels good. And we are we're like <laughs> kind of tricked. Yeah, you do so, stuff that, that tickles your brain. So back it up a tiny bit to, so so then, or not back it up, but let's talk about the idea of a super intelligence, which is a thing that, this is kind of the back half of those posts that we were talking mm-hmm. about. Like, so assume that intelligence is just a measurement of your capacity to offload problem solving, largely in order to ensure the persistence of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> interesting definition and you follow our progression of building intelligence and offloading those things like there's no reason not to think that we're not going to have an ai with a series of sensors reacting to the world that's better than driving better at driving than any human ever could be it doesn't have the faults that we have it's not a horny 16 year old not thinking about the things you should think about if you want to be 100% safe on the road like it it's it's just going to be better at that thing than we are and then it's going to get better at other things and there's no reason to not think that the idea of what this thing can handle without consulting us isn't going to surpass the ability of any human to do anything Except for maybe creative tasks, which yeah, that's is the, the cyborg place, question. That's the place where it gets weird, right? Because I think anyone who's who's sufficiently familiar with technology these days would agree with you on cars, for instance, right? That's a pretty that's a pretty complex thing to do, and it's been very very hard for us to get a machine to do it, and it still doesn't really do it super well. But it sure seems like it's going to in the next five or ten years. Cars will all be driving themselves. They'll do great. There probably will be very, very few accidents. And I think that's pretty accepted from people who who get that technology. But you're right. The piece that's then missing then is, why doesn't that car, like, want to paint a picture? Why doesn't that car pull over and be like, I'm tired of driving you around. Do you mind if I go drive through that meadow on the way to wherever we're going? I don't really want to be on this highway anymore. When does it do that? And what the hell is that? It doesn't do that ever. Because it's not worried about dying. Is that <laughs> is that purely it? Is our motivation think, purely just not to die? I mean, it's I, I I feel like that's why we get to this question because of this. Because that seems pretty obvious. As the, how much of malice, how much of learning world. to be mean, <laughs> how much of fighting for resources is motivated by the fact that time is finite for the right. current iteration of the human organism and the things that keep you alive are finite and you have to fight for them. Well, Damn. I think we've wrapped it all up. <laughs> Sleep tight, folks. <laughs> I'm going to go meditate. I'm uh, dying. I'm but, not dying. But the way that this seems to be going down though, is that it, when we develop a, 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 an intelligence, its persistence and our use of it seems to piggyback on this human creativity component, right? 
Driving does not require a lot of creativity. What it requires is strict attention to like a data input. And the fact of the technology with driving cars right now is it can see the world around it better than your eyes and ears can because it's paying attention to all of the same data streams and it's just better at things like the Tesla is actively aware of like four cars in front of you. So it sees the fourth car start to break and it processes that you've got a pile up about to happen and it slows down. Like that's not a thing that normal humans do, especially not if they're checking Instagram. (laughs) So we're making driving consistently more unsafe because we can't unjack ourselves from this communication (laughs) network by which we talk to one another and we solve the problem of the fact that driving is dangerous while you're jacked into the, the matrix. So I just, it's like, so then the piece that makes people uncomfortable with self-driving cars is a philosophical problem is literally the trolley problem. The car, because of the nature of driving, which this is why I think we're going to offload this all to VR abruptly, is the inherent danger in driving still is that sometimes there is an accident of the scale where someone's got to die. Like no matter what, this this thing's getting run over or I'm hitting this tree. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide between hit a deer or hit a tree and kill everyone in your car. Mm-hmm. Right. And that becomes this more moral question. And there's whole sects of philosophy that have done nothing but talk about morality for thousands of years with no answer. <laughs> and it's interesting because it only becomes a moral question because this undefinable thing called life comes into play. We don't sit there and worry about the paint being worn off the street. Be like, ooh, should I wear off the white line or the yellow line while I'm driving? Or, ooh, am I running over this rock and splitting it into two? We don't care about that because that rock persists forever. The paint just doesn't seem to care, to know, right? But all of a sudden when, when the atoms that make up a deer, a living creature are involved or a person or a child, weird, there's this layer all of a sudden where it's important for some reason, this concentration of energy and mass and this, and this organized form. It's so I think the thing is if you, if you chase all of these prongs that we've kind of been talking about and the super intelligence, right? Like the only reason that's even a philosophical question is because lives end. And so if you have, if you have a system like the super intelligence, this, Let's just say, okay, the chess playing computer, right? Like now, now we have chess cyborgs. They don't look weird, so we don't think of them as cyborgs. But all professional chess these days is either hybrid or not hybrid. Not hybrid is boring because it's just people playing against one another. Hybrid chess is interesting because they all play with the same or different versions of a supercomputer to assist them with making a better decision based on what the board looks like. And hybrid players beat our computers still, right? A person with a computer assistant or whatever you want to call it always is still way better than just a computer playing by itself or a person playing by itself. 
Right. Um, but also that algorithm will just get better and people will still be working with it. Like we, we, and the algorithm doesn't have to worry about ever being shut off because we solved persistence. There's no reason to believe that this chess algorithm is ever going to be threatened by us. It doesn't perceive time. Well, like it's just going to perceive, this is the thing that blew me away in that article where they, they talk about the idea of an ant, right? Like the ant, we think of an ant, however we think of an ant, an ant just has no concept that we exist. Like we might not even ever be aware that a super intelligence is controlling our lives, which I guess is the whole idea of religion and faith. Mm-hmm. But the idea that we're building this thing that's going to run all this different stuff that we talked about in favor of our persistence, I, I just don't, I, there's no, to assume that it would even have morals at all is, is an assumption. And then to assume that it would look at us negatively, like you don't, most people don't think about ants very often. And if they do, it's like, oh man, there's ants in my house. I mean, I guess there's certainly some places where the ants are really shitty and they're a bigger deal. But for the purpose of this, this tiny little thing, you're just kind of like, oh, it's an ant. You kick it out of the way when it's a nuisance. But like, I don't know that we ever get to be that nuisance because this is going to be a hybrid progression. There's no reason to think it's not going to progress just like fungus, like bees, like whatever. Like the hive still needs all the bees to survive, even though the interconnected, you know, and there's all kinds of weird dynamics with queens that I don't fully understand, <laughs> but it, it doesn't survive if it's not a collective, but also because it's a collective, it, it, it survives. And we're sort of just back to the Borg. Like, I don't think an AI future looks like us fighting against Terminators. I think it looks like the way to keep your job safe is to do creative stuff. <laughs> like, to do the stuff that the computers are never going to be able to handle so that you can be the human part of that hybrid system. Well, that that then makes the assumption that there'll always be something our brains can do that a computer can't do, which seems like... I get that. That's one perspective on it. But it's also seems like it's still taking that tack of mm, we're still more special than anything that right? the nerds are going to come up with. I'm really special. I'm really unique and I'm really creative. And there's no way a computer is ever going to make the thing that I just made. But how could you how could we possibly look at the trajectory of technologies being able to do things like a calculator? Like I, we come back that we've talked about calculators in every episode of this topic and what a weird thing that is. It does these really hard things that humans, most humans just can't do. I studied a lot of math and I can barely do anything beyond like, the basic right. four things. Well, we offloaded a thing that we're notoriously bad at doing. So we're notoriously, notoriously bad at computation compared to something that's, that's all it does. We seem you know, to we're be... really bad at memory compared to something that just wrote stores digitally everything that happens. We seem to be really bad at like purposeful uh, computation. We and it kind of you kind of see it in the things that people like to do. Once people's like jobs, once they get them, they wrap their heads around them. They're like, I know what I'm doing here. 
you see a lot of people get bored with them. It's like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. It's like become a computational task for me now. I don't like that. I kind of like sitting around and thinking of new things. There's, there's, our brains seem to be built to. I think your consciousness is built to chase that and your subconscious. Like, so that's the the interesting thing. Cause it's not, there are calculations happening when you go to spike a volleyball or you go to, you know, catch something that's falling on the floor. Like your body's reacting to your position in space, to gravity, to timing, to all kinds of input. We just don't even think of it. We don't even perceive it. Right. So if the AI ends up being the thing that is driving our persistence, like we're just going to be its subconscious. And it's not like, so even if we do have this thing where it feels like we're out of control of the advancement of technology, which I think we already are, but we still seem to think we're in control of it. Mm -hmm. I just don't think it's going to even perceive us. It's going to skyrocket past being what we would call intelligent so fast that the singularity is just going to look like we have genetics dialed in. We have everything that blah, 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 dialed in about biology. Cause it turns out it's not that complicated. And the consciousness component, like we just end up being this subconscious substructure that has to like nervous system that keeps this organism alive. So basically exactly what's going on right now right? (laughs) By some people's projection, our body is just doing the things that it needs to do to survive based on the things that happened yesterday. And our conscious is just hanging out. It's just along for the ride, kind of thinking it's doing that stuff. How is that going to change when we have nanites in our body that are repairing cells and fixing things and moving, physically moving our arms. So I grab an apple instead of a piece of pizza. Our consciousness is still just going to be hanging out doing its thing. You can't see it, but I'm stoked because it's it's fucking Star Trek, man, right? Like, remember Guinan and how wise she was and stoic she was Guinan about was everything? Because so she was 800 years old. <laughs> an awful lot of experience. She's been serving drinks for 800 years. Uh, wasn't that she was? Wasn't that her thing? I don't I'm remember. Not sure they ever clearly defined her. I committed. But she had to been that. around a long time. I she was kind of like never real hard without enough data to back up. The nerds are angry right now. If I didn't say that oh, right, we should have known more about Guinan. Well, she was played by Whoopi Goldberg, which was always kind of a head trip. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, especially now, it's like, hey, that's Whoopi Goldberg. Wow. <laughs> Um, there's, so we're still kind of sidestepping not on purpose, but also just because it's hard to do, but we're, we're, we've isolated our consciousness, our subconsciousness. We've isolated the spirit now and kind of said that, well, it won't get replaced by computers. It won't have an equivalent like, is, is there going to be a computer that has an equivalent consciousness? And will we even know that it has it? I think it will be an equivalent consciousness and it'll be a hive mind. We just won't be aware of it. Like, we won't be, it's, 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 it's a thing that exists like the human to the ant and we're the ant. Like, we're not even going to be aware. Like, it, it, it may already exist and we want to call it the universe or we want to call it God or whatever. It doesn't necessarily take a form where we're like, 
hey, that's the thing, and it's smarter than me, except to the extent that we have these life systems that are run by these nebulous algorithms that keep us alive, which is already, I just described, a power, a power grid. No one thinks about how the power grid works. They just get grumpy when it shuts down. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I think it's this funny thing of we have this assumption that causes the fear around AI that whatever system pops out of the singularity is going to somehow make it feel like our world is any different. Um, so I'm not saying it won't be conscious. And I don't know that we're necessarily even special it's just gonna not think about like i don't sit around every day thinking about my heart it's healthier when i spend some time thinking about my heart but eh, not because of a thing that i can really articulate you know like it, it, it gets to that it gets to that weird space of we have pattern recognition around all the things that we can consider to be sort of new age like like meditation or whatever you want to classify in that space of like oh science does, i don't know about science backing this up science does back up that if you meditate here are all these healthy things that happen why unclear <laughs> right right so yeah. <laughs> so i feel like the AI is just going to think about us the same way we think about meditation, where it's just it's like, just man, meditate. when I feed the people, I feel happier. I don't always feed the people because <laughs> there's other things I want to do, but like right now I'm kind of working on consuming all the matter that's on Mars, and that's what I care about. And if this thing back here doesn't survive, then I don't get to do that. And so I guess I'll take care of it until oh, I no, can I anymore. That. And then maybe the earth ends. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> this is, this is a dense space to be, but it feels there, like uh... we're really there in time. Like compared to everything I've read about these sorts of conversations, like none of them other than religious conversations ever tread on the, the territory of immortality in a way that feels so material now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's or just does it always a... feel that way. And I just think I'm special and no, it can't possibly have ever felt this way before. Cause I've combed through a lot of old knowledge and I, I can't find any pattern of it people. Can't, it can't possibly have ever felt this way before a hundred years ago. The fountain of youth was like, that was the thing. A it's fountain, like, Ooh, there's like water somewhere it. that we can drink right. this water and it makes us live forever. You want to go find it? And now it's like, mm, this protein no, we goes know that it causes cancer. And if we can stop that protein from going over there, 100% of the time, no cancer. Right. <laughs> like, so let's so, put that in everyone. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird period. Kind of a good cue up for a CRISPR. We're talking about doing an episode on CRISPR soon. Yeah, I would love to do an episode on CRISPR. It's super relevant because to dig in on like the biology and chemistry of what we're talking about here, like I'm yeah. not fucking, I'm not joking. Like we're to the point where if we find a gene that's like, oh, when this gene's here, always cancer. When it's not, never a cancer. We can cut that gene out and make sure it never shows up in any human ever again. Oh man, things are just about to change so much. <laughs> <laughs> did I show you the, did I show you the other, the other little dude I got? To sit next to my locutus. 
Oh, is that it's data? Hard to see because it's because the skin tone isn't quite right. But why yeah, you, why are his eyes yellow? Where data's data's eyes were yellow, weren't they? Yeah. Who that that dude? I feel like I say this every time this comes up. That dude. But Brett Spiner should have won an Emmy every year for playing data on that show. Did a pretty good what job. What a hard thing that must have been. Yeah. They must have so much footage of him accidentally cracking a smile and then going, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, he did provide a lot of comic relief without it feeling like he was providing comic relief. Right. I really don't even know where to go from this in terms of uh, how to think about the world thing, right? Like, except that I sort of take solace in, I, I, I think the train's going on whether I'm on it or not. And time seems to be the important thing to us, but maybe that goes away. But I don't know that there's anything like to devote myself to with the idea that time doesn't matter. Like, it seems it's, like the way to continue to take part in this system is to keep your, your consciousness healthy. Like, I don't want to say brain because I don't want to go to that territory of like, I, I do think it's your brain, but your brain is supported by your heart. And if your consciousness is out of whack, then your heart gives out on you and then your brain isn't there anymore. And so uh, there are all these interconnected systems the same way we're describing, right? Like our duty is try to stay part of the system so that if there is a super intelligence already, it can persist also. And that might just mean passing memes down over and over <laughs> again. But it sure seems like there's a physical component this time around in the sense of actual ability to synthesize like a like an action plan from all of the data that we have spent centuries collecting <laughs> in order to understand the world it's interesting uh i always want us to get into the universe is fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> but the, all you us... can do is pull up a seat <laughs> like... man <laughs> uh and I think keep chasing this stuff like we're trying to do because this, I think this growth space is the space that keeps it alive. It seems to be what makes everyone happy. You said it at some point, like answers are boring. Questions are exciting. Yeah. That's a good shirt. That is a good shirt. <laughs> we have a shirt channel. That shirt. We do have a shirt channel, which you can get access to. If you back us on Patreon, <laughs> for as little as a dollar an episode, you can help keep us alive. Uh, but for real, we're working on we're working on stuff over there, like how to incorporate people in our went, Slack channels and stuff like that, where you can. Kind I went of to our store channel. In, yeah, to put that quote, and it is the last thing we said on that channel on April twenty second. <laughs> <laughs> Answers are boring. Questions are exciting. Look how organized we are. We're super organized. It's just a matter of funneling it to places where you can consume it. This engineering is brought to you by Slack. Slack is a workplace dialogue. product used to organize um, and collaborate with your colleagues. But this is also a chance to to pimp the thing we do actually have going after many. Is it like I I am I, frequently inclined to say pimp just because it's a funny word with the p -p 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 in it. But is that like offensive when I refer to pimping things? When what I mean is promoting, marketing. I bet some people are offended. Oh, well. Now I have to decide how much I commit to being that asshole. <laughs> uh, 
I think that one's okay. But we do have a blog now. You can get to it from zengineeringpodcast.com where we're the the extent to which we're guided by the idea that answers are boring and questions are exciting extends well beyond what we're able to fit into the podcast in this format. Um, so we're working on writing and that's going to happen on the blog. Our uh, weird brains seem to want to write things too. Mine keeps telling me to. Right. So I'm not sure why, but I want to. So I'm going to. To feed your, to feed your, your soul, son, <sighs> sir. <laughs> did we wrap up this episode i think so i think we wrapped it up when we paused. we both paused for like 30 seconds and just gasped i was both out um, of things to say and overwhelmed with things that i was that my brain was imagining right i mean that's I it's, what to do. It, that's why it's the episode we put off for a little while because it, it's really hard to not just float off into like and then the, 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 i don't know <laughs> i don't know man like that's I've been studying philosophy for fifteen years, and it, most conversations end with, "Hey, so that was some stuff to think about. <laughs> Let's leave now. <laughs> Gotta go. We're out of time. Come back tomorrow. Um, yeah, hit us up on Patreon. Check out the blog. Keep taking part in this conversation. The blog post we have up right now is about. Uh, it's the beginning of a, a series we're going to do on the process of making the podcast come out. Um, a lot of people that we've talked to are interested in how we managed to fit, us in, fit it into our lives, basically. <laughs> and the answer is ruthless optimization. <laughs> so then people are like, well, I want to know about that. <laughs> I'm like, cool. But I feel like I should write that instead of just talking to you about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. A lot of people are asking me about that as well. Um, so we'll be filling that up and any other thoughts from people on things we could, should, or ought to write about right now. We're getting most of them from a, a bunch of people we have on Slack backers, guests, everybody kind of hangs out on Slack. So hit up yeah. Patreon, drop us a buck. You can hang out on Slack also. Hell yeah. Unless you're my mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get out of here. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Climb a tree and look down. I'm sure you'll find something interesting. <laughs> <laughs>